Hallelujah. Today I'm inspired to preach for a book from a book that I read some time ago. Some of you have it. How many people have this book? Okay, if you don't have it, just buy it. Hallelujah. It will do good to you. The glory. But let me start with what this chapter says, chapter 3. Talk about the mantle or the mentor. How do you pronounce it? It's up to you. The mentor, the, the mentor, the anointing, and the glory. But I want to talk about the glory. But for you to understand, let me just say something about the mentor. Amen. The mentor, when people say, I've received a mentor, I've received a mentor. Have you heard that word? God is giving us a mentor. Now, the mentor is uh, it's, uh, different from the anointing, and it's also different from the glory. The mentor is, give me this jacket. Okay. This is how the mentor is. How many people read the story of Elisha and Elijah? When Elisha was supposed to go, Elijah was supposed to go to heaven, he asked for a double portion from Elijah. And I explained to you that the double portion was not a level of anointing. The double portion was the positioning as a head prophet. Because in the Bible, when we talk about double portion, we talk about the position of preference. That's why we will see that Elkanah gave a double portion to his wife, Anna, when they do the sacrifice. So it's a position of choice, position of preference. So many people are preaching double anointing. There is no such thing as double anointing. Hallelujah. It's just a charismatic mistake. Charismatic mistake. There's no double anointing. It's a, a, the anointing is the anointing. The Bible says it gives the anointing without measure. People talk about, the, I want to receive a double portion. No, the double portion is a choice, is a choice of prefer, uh, a position of preference. So when in the Bible they talk about double portion, let me say it again, it means that you want to be preferred. Amen? So Elijah asked Elisha, give me a double portion of your spirit, meaning let me be the head prophet when you depart. And Elijah said to Elisha, if you can see me going, you will get it. It means that the only thing that qualifies you to be the head prophet is when you become a seer. Amen? Amen. So when Elisha saw him going, the Bible says that the garment of a mantle that was upon Elijah fell down. Amen? It did not fall on Elisha. He fell and Elisha picked it. Amen. It means that mantle are available to be picked. Amen. So a mantle is a, it's a clothing of grace. It's a clothing of grace. It's a decree of the Lord upon the life of somebody that certain things are going to happen when the person shows up. He has a mantle for that. So in the Bible, Elijah was graced uh, to be a governmental prophet. It means it deals with people in authority, but it deals also with the power of God. Amen? So whenever Elijah is exposed, things need to happen. So now when the mantle fell down and Elijah took it, the Bible says he tore his own and he wrapped this on his waist. Now, it means that's not what I'm preaching about, but giving basic... Uh, uh, Guideline. It means 
that when you when the mantle come upon you, it will precede what you have. Hallelujah. So the mantle is a clothing of grace. Say it's a clothing of grace. So God decreed that grace upon somebody, and that grace can be passed on. Amen. That was a mantle upon Jesus, also was the Holy Spirit. You read in the Bible that the Bible says when Jesus came out of the water in Matthew chapter number 3, the Holy Ghost came and descended upon him as a dove. Amen? The Holy Ghost, he was clothed with the Holy Ghost. It was a mantle. Now the day Jesus departed, he said to the people in the book of Acts chapter number 1, do not go from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise my father has said. And when they went to the upper room in the book of Acts 2, the Bible says, and the Holy Ghost came upon them. So the mantle of Jesus fell upon them. So from that day, they could do what Jesus was doing because they received his mantle. Hallelujah. That's what we call the mantle. Now, what is the anointing? The anointing, quickly, the anointing is uh, the, it's the abilities of God working through a man. The anointing is God's ability working through a man. That's what we call the anointing. And, and you will see that when you study the Bible, the Bible talks about the anointing you have received abides in you. So they compare the anointing also to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So the anointing is God's ability in a man. It means when you receive the anointing to do something, you have received God's ability to do it. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the, the healing anointing. We're talking about uh, uh, the anointing to prophesy. You have received the ability. Amen. To do it. The mantle comes upon you. The anointing is in you. Hallelujah. So, the anointing is a, has been given to every believer. Don't pursue the anointing. Pursue the knowledge of the anointing. The moment you know how the anointing works, it always, it always works. Amen? You know, how the anointing of healing works upon my life, and I know that how it works. Before I pray for people, they are already healed. So they need to stand there. I need to tell them you are already healed. And they, they were healed. We did that in Kenya recently. People were surprised. People were shocked. Because the lady couldn't walk. And when I was on stage, I said, I won't pray for you. You are already healed. And people thought I was joking. And she ran. She was running up and down this, this day. She was healed. So if you don't know how the anointing works upon the life of somebody, you can't benefit of it. The anointing upon my life works by decrease. So the moment I say you are healed, you don't even need to come to a prayer line. You can just come and say, I'm healed. Most of the time, people don't get it because when I declare, they still come for prayer. It means they didn't get what I said. But if you can receive it, it will work for you. So the anointing works like this. You need to know how the anointing works upon your life. You need to know that. You need to ask God, the anointing upon my life, how, do, how does it work? Ooh, this man is getting something here. It's like a surgery in his heart. I can see he's holding his chest tight like some pain going on there. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, Africans people are very private people. They don't need to, like to expose themselves. So if you see an African guy doing that, you must know it's real. 
How many people can testify of that? They will not come and rule in front here for nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, you see, cultures are different. Black people are very expressive. So, they're very expressive. And then, and then people judge them also for that. It's the way they are. That's why they sing a lot. They dance a lot. They are very expressive. The other culture is not expressive. They can be happy. They will be expressive only at the rugby stadium. But... <laughs> Boom! They do that. They do it. Then they have a beer and they just chant. That one they do. But when they come to church, it's different. No, in church they don't do stuff like that. They are excited, but they do like this. <laughs> or when they want to lift that their hand, they do this. And you see black people. <laughs> That's why we need a mixture. Because if you have only Africans, it won't be nice. If you have only black, it won't be nice. It's just the culture. Hallelujah. I always tell you that a keyboard does not sound right with just the white keys. The, <laughs> if you have only black keys, also something is wrong. There must be a mixture of keys so that the player has the, 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 the liberty to play a tone whenever he wants to. So that's why I love divine. We are like a keyboard. Hallelujah. So, what was I saying? <laughs> no, I'm lost in my. <laughs> Where was I? Huh? Yes. So, you need to ask God how the anointing works upon your life. Because if you don't know, you will not get results. You see, some people, they go and do things and they, they force it, they try. And they don't get results because they don't know how the anointing works. Now, you want to do business. God says you have the anointing for business. Then you go and buy a computer, you rent a house, and then you start to do business. It's wrong. It's wrong. Because there's a type of anointing you receive, and God will tell you how it works. You just need to learn how this thing works for you. Amen. So, that we are not here. I don't want to go deep in that. Now, the glory. The glory is another dimension. Now, the mantle is grace upon you. Amen. It's a clothing. The anointing is God's ability in you. Amen. Do you hear that? Now, the glory. The glory is different from the mantle. The glory is different from the anointing. The glory is the beauty of God manifested sometimes independently from people. So in the glory, sometimes God doesn't need you. God will not heal with the anointing without a man. He will not move with a mantle without a man, but he can move with the glory without a man. Have you realized that when the glory of the Lord entered the temple, the priest couldn't serve? So it means that with the glory, sometimes God does not need you. Now the word glory in the Hebrew word is the word kabod. Kabod means that it's also the word doxa. So when they say doxa church, they mean the glory church. Amen? That's what the word is, doxa. Amen? It means brightness, awesomeness, heaviness. Now, when we talk about the glory of a human being, it's the external beauty 
and sometimes the internal beauty of a person. When the Apostle Paul says that the woman should not array herself and understand the context with, uh, with expensive apparel, but her beauty shall be inner. He's talking about the glory of a woman inside. Amen? And I say again, understand the context. Okay. So, when we talk about the, 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 the glory of a man, of the glory of a woman, it can be an external factor or an inward factor. So the glory of a man, the Bible says the youth of a man is his glory. Amen? So the youth of a man is his glory. It's the beauty of a man. It's a, it's, you know, I saw some uh, uh, documentary one time where they were presenting uh, actors like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and they say, and now. Now you see those guys and those ladies, 30 years ago, they looked like design. 40 years later, <laughs> the skin becomes bigger than the body, so the skin is hanging. It's like, it's like you enter a soup that is bigger than you 30 years ago. They don't tell you what I'm saying. You understand? So it means that something in you has departed. The glory that you used to have when you were young is gone. It's called the beauty. You see, when some of your skin becomes extra, it means you are going somewhere. <laughs> Amen? No, that's right. You must be honest. You know that. <laughs> you can argue this, but it's true. When you undress, you know what I'm talking about. We are hiding many things under this jacket. So if we take it off, we have some packs that are not six packs anymore. Some of you have one. Some of you have 12 or 14. It's just going over one and one. You see, it's all part of life. You can hide it the way you want. It comes. It's part of, it's part of life. So, so when you, the, the glory, uh, <laughs> the glory is the beauty, the external of it inward beauty. Now, when we talk about the glory of God, hallelujah, the glory of God can be also the external or the internal manifestation of God's beauty. It means we're talking about, when God talks about his glory, one of the aspects of his glory is called mercy. So one of the beauty of the Lord is mercy. One of his glory is called love. For God is love. So how God manifests himself, that's what we call the glory. Hallelujah. Mm. You see, glory is something that people should see. Glory is not something that, oh, there is glory. There is glory. No, glory shall be seen. Let's take the Bible in the book of Exodus chapter number 16, verse 10. Glory is something that appears. Exodus 16, 10. Can we go quickly because, okay. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The glory of God appeared. So the glory of God is something that appears to people. It's internal or external. You will see that sometimes, even alone at home, the glory of God can appear to you. Where there is a change of atmosphere in your own home. In the, in the Bible, sometimes the glory comes like a smoke, where people will see a smoke on top of the tabernacle. It's called glory, the brightness, the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm. Jesus is also called now the glory of God. So the glory was revealed to Israel through smoke, through fire, and later on the glory was revealed through a man. Let's read Hebrews chapter number 1 verse 3. That's why I say Bible book, everything is in here. 
Hebrews 1.3. Let's go. I think this book is like five years old or whatever. I'm not sure. Hebrews 1.3. He is the radiance. Read it. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprints of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of on high. So Jesus is the manifestation of the glory of God. It means that God took his glory and put it in a bodily form. But they say he is the exact nature of God because the glory is the nature of God. So whenever we say God will reveal his glory, it means God will reveal one of his attributes among us. Either he will reveal his love to people, that glory. He will reveal his mercy to people like we saw today. He will reveal his healing power to people. So whenever somebody is healed, it's a manifestation of glory. Hallelujah. The glory. And one aspect of the glory, we call it the Shekinah glory. Amen? Somebody say the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory deals with the manifested presence of God. The Shekinah glory is something that is felt. You are there and you feel like, ooh, something is happening. The glory of the Lord comes upon you. The Shekinah glory. Amen? It's called the manifested glory. This is the ultimate of a manifestation of God among his people. Hallelujah. You see, when the glory of God comes in the room, things change. Yes, things change drastically. We had had services here in the past where the glory that filled the room was so tense. I remember one day we were standing here and uh, like a fever came from the roof. Some of you were not here. And it landed here. And people caught it. It came from there. We were just praising the Lord. And suddenly we were like a mess in the house. Where it's like, it was so tangible that people look around and we could see it. How many people were there in those services? Okay. So I'm, I'm witnesses. I'm not telling my own story. We did them in the evenings. And this thing happened. And, God would, and then we start to collect, there was like gold dust and crystals. How many people collected crystal in this house? Look at around. Yeah, there are people that collected. Yeah, lift up your hands. I like, I like you. <laughs> so, this man is not a joker, so he will not tell you story. You collected crystal here. Okay. Now, it was here, people collected crystal. What was it? It was the external manifestation of glory. God was telling us, I'm in your midst. So many things happened. And God said, it's the time for him to renew that covenant with divine. Now somebody didn't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and, and why are we doing this? So that people may know. The Bible says, the Gentile will come and see the glory of the Lord upon you. Have you realized that the Gentiles are people that are not spiritual? In not, when we talk about spiritual, they are spiritual in time of idolatry, but not spiritual to discern the presence. And you see, the Gentiles will see it, means it will be something physical. For Gentiles to see it, it needs to be physical. And people will enter the room and they will know God is in the room. And lately, 
I went, I prayed for somebody, a, a man from Haiti and his family. And uh, we were in the room together, and we, we were a couple of preachers. We were three praying for them. And when we finished to pray, the son, he's 16 years old, he stood up and he said, God was in this room. What did he see? Manifestation. You know what touched him? The Lord gave me a word describing the couch that his parents have in, the, in Haiti. And the father was shocked. He said, we don't have this type of couch. The woman said, we do. I bought it. And the son said, God was in this room. The body of Christ needs to be relevant to the people. Finish the time of trying to convince Jesus that, uh, people that Jesus is real. Now it's the time to show that Jesus is real. You cannot go around telling them, give your life to Jesus. He's real. Give your life to... No, you need to show something to show that Jesus is real. Oh, I don't know if somebody hears me. The time for manifestation of the glory is upon the church. And if you are not careful to discern that glory and that time, you will miss on this assignment that God has given us. We're talking about, we're talking about Jesus is coming back soon. Do you know Jesus will not come unless his church rises into glory? And this gospel of a kingdom shall be preached and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom is what I'm pushing now. It's not the gospel of Mary and Martha. It's not every Sunday telling you Mary has this character, Martha has this character, these two characters are in you as believers. You need to choose who you are, Mary or Martha. No. We, we're talking about Christians appearing in a place and the atmosphere changes. We, we're, talking about, we're talking about people who want to steal and they are frozen because of the glory of God in the place. There's a lady that I know. When I was still staying in uh, Mafura, the lady came to us and we were talking. Because they used to be part sometime of my meeting, but her husband, the pastor, they have their own church. And one day she came to the taxi rank and somebody grabbed a purse and the person was running and she said, Holy Spirit. And the guy froze like this with a wallet in the hand. She went and removed her wallet and said, You can go. And the guy was on freeze. Here at the taxi rank. Bloomfontein. You went there taking, oh, you went to my, what? Hey, Makashukazoma. Hey, hey. Do what? Oh, what? The Lord told me one time, after the event happened, then he explained to me. I told you before, many years ago, I was walking toward the taxi rank. I was coming home, and three young men came and tried to stab me. There, downtown, there, next to that shop, right, when you come up. <laughs> I was coming. I had my Bible. It was night. And these young men came. One came from a nightclub. They came together, and one passed me. And when it turned like this, I saw a knife here. And the other one stood the other side, and they stood there. <laughs> and they had knives. And I stood there, and I looked at them. And if I tell you I was not afraid, I'm lying. I was afraid. You can't see a knife and you are not afraid. I mean, people that you don't know, they don't take knife to cut onion. They come to cut you. I mean, amen. So, I couldn't move, so I put my Bible in my chest. 
And I look at them, and the guy looked at me, and the three of them took off. They started running. They fled in horror. So I went, because they ran toward my direction. I was staying near Neville Hill. Uh, Anya is here, you know my story, this lady. Uh, uh. This is a lady that one time gave me an envelope at Neville Hill, and I went, I gave it away. And then the following week, I came again, the same lady was there. She said, God save this time, don't give it away. I said, how do you know I gave it away? That was many years ago. Maybe she doesn't remember. And then I took the envelope and I spent it that time. She said, God save, don't give it away this time. Amen. So they ran, they ran, and, I, and, and they disappeared. And I didn't know where they were. You know, then I said to be careful. Hey, when I, when I see them, it's better. <laughs> I don't know where these young men are gone. So they went and hide behind. There was a... A building. Now they sell cars in that place. And then when I came toward that, they jumped out again with a knife. And when he jumped and he landed before me, he went, ah! And they ran, this time opposite direction. I said, God, you are good. good. Now, I didn't know what it was. And I came home and somebody visited me and said, you know, there's a preacher, they stabbed I said, where? He said, there in that area where I was. And he says, this preacher, he came to South Africa for the gospel, but they keep on stabbing him. I said, yeah. <laughs> they tried, they couldn't stab me. And God explained to me, and God says, that if there will come a time in the kingdom where evil shall not befall the children the way it wants to. He said, I will raise a banner of protection upon children of God, a shield of protection upon them, that they won't be even aware of what is happening, but the enemy will see the glory upon them. So they're coming a time in the kingdom where the glory of God will appear upon you. You might not feel it, you might not see it, but the enemy will see it because his eye will be open over you. External manifestation of God. The people with leprosy, that were going to the camp of a Syrian. I'm sure they didn't hear their own footstep. My Bible says that the Syrian heard an army. When those people with leprosy were going, they didn't know what was happening. The angel of the Lord was going before them, but they, 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 said they didn't know. They are coming a time in this kingdom where you might, you might not be aware of the glory, but the glory will be there with you. So the glory. Now, how to access the glory? One thing of the glory is that the glory works with the dead. The glory only works with those who are dead. It doesn't work with those who are alive. And I'm not talking about death to bury. I'm talking about death to yourself. When you are at the end of yourself, the glory of God works. Have you realized that the fire of God does not burn living animals, but only dead, dead animals? When the sacrifice is given, it's over dead animal already. And then the fire of God comes and consumes the altar. In the time of Elijah, when he put the meat on the altar, if you read it, the fire came and consumed the meat and the food and the fire and the, and the water. Because it was dead animals. The blood is telling me to tell the body of Christ, if you are not coming to an end for yourself, you will not see the glory. What happened? People are so full of themselves that everything irritates them. Yeah. You are so aware of yourself 
that you have, you have offense. In one of my books, I said, the latest weapon of the enemy won't be demon coming and, no, won't be that. It will be inner struggle. People will struggle with offense. Their heart won't be clear because they will, be people, they, will, they will have things against people even in the body of Christ. And once you come to that place, the glory does not work with you. The glory does not work with people that are offended. The glory works with people that have come to an end of themselves. Father, unto your men I release my spirit. Glory. Paul entered that dimension in Galatians 2.20. He said, if I live, it's not me living anymore. It's Christ. Put Galatians 2.20. That's a dimension that you cannot. Listen, I like to preach about that. Everywhere I preach, I will end up here. Because I know something in the body of Christ. Unless we come to that realm of the spirit, glory cannot appear before us. Once we, one, we are, if we are still full of ourselves, yes. You are full of yourself. You are full of yourself. Everybody must know you are there. And everybody must know if you touch me, you get me. What is that about? You know the beauty? I went to the graveyard there in the one of Bensley. It's a cemetery. Cemetery. That's what you call it. Cemetery or seminary. Okay. <laughs> so I went there and I wrote, I was reading on the tombstones. And some tombstones are different. Some is just a board there. Some it's a big thing. It's like a, yes, like a mansion down. <laughs> and whatever they wrote there, the person inside cannot read it. Only the living can read it. And, and I've been exposed to people that have gone because of what I'm doing. And sometimes when you, went, you go there, powerful people, they are standing, they are lying there on the bed. And you see somebody's undressing them and they can't say, hey, nothing. They are dead. They are dead. What does it profit a man to win the world if he loses his soul? So I came in, I have an encounter with this type of thing. And then I realized, when God talks to death to self, it's a person that has come to a realm of a spirit where it's not him anymore. It means those people, you can't offend them anymore. They are already dead to themselves. They don't take offense. Offense is taken. You give it to them, they refuse. They don't even strike their hand to take it. Some people are so quick to take the offense. Even it does not concern them, they grab it. They sit there looking for where offense is going. And they try run after offense. It means, listen, you will see that, come on, come on, Alvia, come. I will show you something. Alvia will come here and say, sit where it's my seat, stand up. Stand up. Now, this woman will stand up, sit, and will say, oh, I didn't know. You know what is going to happen? Somebody of this color will stand here and say, that white guy, <laughs> look at what he did to that woman. He is taking offense 
on behalf of a person that said thank you, I didn't know it was your seat. He would even fight Alvier, not even knowing what happened at the beginning. But because of the history, it has conditioned you in a way that you can't make a difference anymore between what is right and what is wrong. You fight colors instead of standing for righteousness. So South Africa needs to be free from that spirit. Whereby everything they do to you is because of your color. Stop it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Or somebody get murdered. Let's say in a farm. I'm touching root here. In a farm, people don't know if it's a criminal activity or the black people. There is no color with evil. A thief is a thief. Doesn't matter if he's black, he's white, he's pink, he's still crime. Let's deal with crime and reject the matter of color. Because if a country does not come to that place, we'll collapse this country by ourselves. We need to stand up as one and fight crime, not colors. Alvia, now you can go to yours. He's really enjoying it. So what I'm trying to tell you, this, the power of God wants to come in South Africa, but South Africa needs to be free. Don't forget your history, but be free from the offense of the history. Somebody, somebody help me. I'm not telling you to forget where you are coming from. I'm just saying forget the offense attached to where you are coming from. What you went through is true, but you can be free from the offense. Don't check what I'm saying. And if you are free, you will not take offense anyhow. You, you know, I, I, get, I get so annoyed. In a rainbow nation, people are still attached to color. There are some people here that think black people can't lead staff. You are sitting here. Oh, those offices are collapsing because they put blacks there. It's not black. It's competence that is lacking for people. It's not the color. I want you to know that when you are a child of God, you, are, you belong to Christ. It finished with color. Yes, your color is there, but you function as a child of God. You don't function as a black or white or pink anymore. You function as a child of God. Therefore, you love children of God. Doesn't matter the color, you love them. Me. I'm not an African. I was just born enough. I was just born. Listen, listen. In my book, it's written, made in heaven, assembled in Africa, and dispatched with generation. So I was made in heaven. It's just the place where they assembled me that gave me this color, but I'm from heaven. And the glory of God will come in South Africa if we understand what I'm talking about today. If we are free from those things and, and we are not offended anymore, but we can judge evil when it's evil and judge right when it's right. Disconnect the people from their color and judge the spirit of a man. We need to die to ourselves. Hallelujah. I said we need to die to ourselves. 
We are sitting together here. This is a picture of heaven where people are sitting together and they love one another. I hope so. Where? Hallelujah. That's my hope. <laughs> so, and the fire of God will come again in the body. The Bible says there is no Greek, there is no Gentile, there is no Jew. He said, for you are one. The place of the glory is a place of unity. Oh, the place of the glory is a place of unity. The place of the glory is a place of love, of unity. That's why even in the marriage, there is no unity, there is no glory. There can be sex, but not glory. I've said it. So, 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 so the glory of God comes when people are finished. That's why God took Ezekiel to the valley of people, dead people. He, he wanted to revive Israel. He went to the valley of the dead. And he said, this is where my glory will appear on the bones that are already dead. Because only dead people can receive the glory. If they are not dead and they receive the glory, they will die. It's too much for them. That's why you need today to go home and phone the person you are not talking to. Say, listen, for my own sake, I want the glory. There's, there's no, it's nonsense for me not talking to you. Hey, forgive me if I did something to you. Also for, but if the person doesn't want to let go, you free yourself. And you are free. But you have emptied yourself. You see, like I say, when you go to mortuary, you can slap somebody. <laughs> slap him again. Kick him. Sit on him. But try that at the mall. <laughs> somebody don't know, go and slap that person. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, yo. Even if he's born again, before he realizes. Uh, <laughs> because there is something that will jump out. I'm appealing to you. I'm appealing to you today. If you want to see greater glory in your life, let's trust God to come to Galatians 2.20. Let's read it now. Are you blessed? Yes. Because God is fixing to do something in the ministry. I say God is fixing to do something in the ministry. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It means I'm dead. Listen, he said I'm dead. It is no longer I. Let's read it together. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the realm where God wants to take us. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. We are not excusing the wrong that people did to you. We are not saying it's right, but we are saying you can free yourself from the offense of it. We are not saying the people, maybe somebody raped you. We are not saying it's right. We are not saying that you were not hurt, but we are saying free yourself from the offense because the offense is the trap, not the act. The trap of it is the offense that comes with it. That's where the trap is. So this morning, I want to pray before we go home. We've done everything. My God, are there people here that want to receive Christ today as their Lord and Savior? If you are here, lift up your hands. If there's anyone, can you lift up your hands from where you are? Come on, are we all born again? Maybe you go to church. I'm talking about having an encounter with Jesus. If you have never had an encounter with Jesus and you want to lift up your hand and have it tonight, today you can. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Just leave him. This man has an experience. The whole service was lying here. Just leave him. Thank you, Jesus. Mama, just come. Let me pray with you. Come with me. Can we give a big hand to Mary? This is the best day of your life. The Holy Ghost is with you. Give me your hand. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. I'm asking you to forgive all my sins and wash me clean with your blood. Thank you for you saying your word. If I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and that God raised you from the dead, that I, then I am saved. So now that I am clean, come inside of me. Live in my life. And if I live, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ in me. I declare Jesus, Lord and Savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come into me now. I receive your presence in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit.